and welcome to the Rookies F1 podcast. My name is Chloe. And my name is Rachel. We are Formula One fans that know a little and talk a lot. So whilst our technical knowledge may be lacking, our opinions and our propensity to gossip certainly aren't. Is propensity a real word? I don't know. Anyway... (laughs) So join us as we talk about Formula One and all of the joy as well as pain it brings us. And probably all of the drama as well. Oh. <laughs> this oh. What has happened where, between this where podcast do we and the last even start? <laughs> I cannot believe last podcast Fernando Alonso had been announced for Aston Martin. And we sat there thinking, well, Oscar Piastri's going to Alpine and Daniel Ricciardo's staying at McLaren. Bish bash bosh. Simples. No, not simples. Complicated. <laughs> Very complicated. Everything has just gone a bit. By the way, propensity is a real word, so. Brilliant. <laughs> and that's. B in GCSE English language coming through. <laughs> it would be literature. I did better in literature. Language. Welp. Ugh. I. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. <laughs> so this this episode, right? We were like. We'll do just like a mid-season review, like what are our favourite races this season, what we're thinking, how are things going, but um, you know, maybe a tiny bit of it will be that, but there is a lot more to talk about. And before we get into the F1, I would like to bring attention to our very own gold medalist, our golden girl, Chloe, bringing out the medals at the beach volleyball. Awarding the gold medal to Australia? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. It was so cool. I mean, when am I ever going to get that opportunity again? Like, that's like once in a lifetime. It's a brum ting, it's a brum ting. It's a brum ting, it's a brum ting. Commonwealth Games, can't believe they're over. Me either. What am I supposed to do with my day (laughs) now that I can't just sit in front of the telly and there's sport on all the time? They were so good. So good. And I love Birmingham so much. It was just... (laughs) Do you feel like uh, more... um, I know patriotic's not necessarily the word. Oh, absolutely. Do you feel like a a proper brummie, like, through and through, you'll shout it from the rooftops? Birmingham on my passport and I'm proud of it. (laughs) New kind of Brexit. (laughs) Forget Britain exiting the EU, it's Birmingham exiting England. (laughs) Hey, you know people actually, there's people that campaign from Yorkshire to leave England, become independent. Imagine that. Be kind of a vibe. <laughs> I mean, it would be a vibe, but would Yorkshire be able to exist on its own? Oh, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, you know York used to be the capital of England back in the Viking times. 
the best times because <laughs> I've also found out I am part Viking. <laughs> You're part um part Scandinavian, right? Yeah. Bit, bit of Norwegian, <laughs> bit of Swedish and Danish. Um yeah. No no other Nordic countries though, which is a shame. Um no. considering that our second highest listener base is Finnish, it's like <laughs> Damn, Chloe, you got all the, like, most of the Scandinavian countries, but you couldn't get the one Nordic country that we want. Screw the Scandinavian... No, I'm not going to say that, because I'm sure there might be listeners from Scandinavian countries, but we we love we love the Finns. Who I, I am saying it. are not Scandinavian. <laughs> I'd like to make it clear that I am not saying Finland is Scandinavian. I know it is not. It is Nordic. I am... <laughs> I have never claimed that in this podcast. I am trying very hard to make sure that I'm keeping them separate. <laughs> I just want to say that I appreciate the Finnish listeners in a very weird, roundabout, complicated way. <laughs> this is not directed at anyone in particular, by the way. <laughs> we have yeah. a favourite Finnish listener, but they know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. You, did the, you did the DNA test <laughs> yeah I did kind of fun also kind of scary because um, it, it said like oh we found 12,000 DNA matches and it's like brought up a map and it's like plotted people all over mm, the world that is so in rare. Australia in most states in America and we all share DNA and it's like Oh my that goodness! Is, that is so cool. That is so cool. You should and do. It, you should do another one from a different site to see if it like, if it matches up with the countries and stuff. Or you I should know, get. You should get your sister to do one and see if it's like, the same well, or very similar. It's interesting how your results. They tell you. Um, a little bit about the DNA of your parents but obviously they don't know which parents which yeah so one of my parents are incredibly boring they're like 99.9% English <laughs> and my other one is like 50% English and you know European and all of this yeah didn't you have like, like some Scottish in there and yeah and Welsh Welsh but I'm like okay so which one of you are the really boring one. are they fighting over it they're like no 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 yeah. look at look at this feature this is definitely <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> it is that is yeah that stuff is so cool that is so it was cool. inspired by um what did we watch i mean you know long lost family but we it wasn't inspired by that we were watching another one of them kind of dna programs but I can't do you remember um the one where they would try and find when people were dying they would try and find oh air hunters <gasps> i, I love that show air hunters. <laughs> that also one show that i've really been like i just want to watch all of it recently but you know i don't think it's on netflix or anything escape to the country I, I just I want I want to see all of the cottages and country houses that I could never afford. <laughs> we used to love um, Wanted Down Under as well. Wanted Down when they would spin the 
Australia. Australia. And then there was one of them that was like, I'm still not sure I want to stay in the UK. It's so funny. Great programmes. But yeah, I'm I'm very proud of you for not falling over at the Commonwealth Games, Chloe. Oh my very god, proud. Don't. Because as well, because we um, it was on the volleyball the pitch. It was on sand. So what they did just as the match finished, they rolled out like a carpet on the sand. Yeah. And obviously, walking onto this carpet was a trip hazard. <gasps> then the surface itself was really uneven because it's on sand. <laughs> Oh dear. Were you having to, were you thinking? You were like. I was thinking. And obviously, I I had to keep reminding myself to smile. I was like, okay, just keep smiling. But the the trays were so heavy. And then the medals were heavy as well. And all I could think about was, oh my god, I'm about to drop this tray. It's so heavy. My arms were trembling because I'm so weak. And obviously gold is like the last one to unload. And I was stood there. I couldn't enjoy it because I was there like, I'm about to drop this. If I drop this medal, I'm going viral. Gotta do oh. them bicep curls, Chloe. <laughs> Gotta be pumping some iron. <laughs> I had jelly arms for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're massive. Wham. Wham. Okay, so enough about the Commonwealth Games and all that. I think we need to get down to the the what everyone wants to talk about, and that is indie. No, <laughs> that is <laughs> Oscar Gate, the fiasco, the drama has gone down over the past week and I'm so frustrated because I've been I'm never busy and over the past week I've actually been quite busy (laughs) so I've like missed out on so many bits and like when it first dropped I was like slow to see in it and everything and then I had some of my friends I remember messaging you and being like Chloe Chloe, look at Twitter I had some of my other friends message like have you seen this what's going on and I'm like oh you know there's this whole thing going on in IndyCar at the minute and Oscar's quite a funny guy so he's probably just trying to wind everyone <laughs> I thought up. He was, I thought it was right so last with the Fernando news I first saw it in my university's motorsport society group chat and I thought it was a joke it wasn't then I saw the Oscar Piastri tweet and I thought it was a joke based on the IndyCar drama. But no. No, it was... Oh, is it? You know what? Spa's going to be a great race because you're not going to be watching it. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> the Italian GP better not be because I won't be watching that, unfortunately. <laughs> Literally, I will... It's like, I will... Anytime there's a race on, I will be sat there on my phone watching it, no matter where I am. <laughs> the one time I cannot watch it. Literally like, cannot. Cannot, because I will be in the air. It's the Italian Grand Prix. I love the Italian Grand Prix. <laughs> it's Grand Prix, I never miss a Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> it's your great uncle's funeral, Johnny. <laughs> 
Um, sorry. <laughs> TikTok sounds just Take come out over. my mouth randomly, <laughs> especially when I get the re- I know where the reference from. But I have so last week. The thing is, everything we said last week throughout the window because I said last week that I don't make notes outside of quality, but I've made notes for this because I wanted a simple, comprehensive timeline of this drama. So I wrote it down. So Thursday. July 28th. Sebastian Vettel creates an Instagram and announces his retirement. Yeah. And, you know, then there's rumblings about who's going to go to Aston Martin. No one's saying Fernando Alonso. (laughs) Sunday, July 31st. Alleged expiration date on... Alpine's first option on Oscar Piastri. This is highly contended as to whether it's actually true. But it is something to keep in mind because it could be, it could not be. uh, I think they've denied it, but who knows. Monday, August the 1st. It's announced that Fernando Alonso will be driving for Aston Martin from 2023 on a multi-year contract. And this is the first time that Alpine have heard about this. So they did not know, prior to that press release, that Fernando Alonso was going. Which I think is a really key part of the drama. That they did not find out till the 1st of August. And likely Oscar wouldn't have known either. Tuesday, August 2nd, at 11 past 5, our time. I don't know, are we in British summertime? Is that it? Yeah, I BST. think so. Alpine or, tweet. Or GMT. Greenwich Which mean one time. Is that we're in? Which <laughs> one are both. we in right now? It's actually both, I think. Actually, I don't know. BST. Because there's a one for... I don't um, know how what, it works. I, I, I will ask Jugal. Ju- I'll ask Jugal. <laughs> British summertime, yeah. Yeah, because GMT is um in the winter when the clocks go back or forward or wherever. I've learnt something new so today. So Tuesday, Tuesday, August second, BST. 11 past 5 in the evening. The official Alpine account tweets and to this day this is their most recent tweet. 2023 driver lineup confirmed Esteban Ocon, handshake emoji Oscar Piastri. After four years as part of the Renault and Alpine family, reserve driver Oscar Piastri is promoted to a race seat alongside Esteban Ocon starting from 2023. Everyone's like, yep, makes sense. Excited for him. Cool, cool, cool. That's what we all thought would happen. Let's move on. Just under two hours later... Sorry, my microphone is falling over. It is aghast at the drama. Uh, (laughs) Microphone just can't handle it. So just under two hours later, at seven o'clock, exactly, BST, Oscar Piastri tweets, I understand that without my agreement... Alpine F1 have put out a press release late this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is wrong and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not emphasis on the fact that he says I will not be driving for Alpine 
next year. So from this point onwards, rumours start going round about Oscar and another team, likely McLaren. Friday, August 5th, Oscar Piastri's McLaren contract was reportedly validated by the FIA's Contract Recognition Board. And Monday, August 8th, which was yesterday for us right now, Otmar Schaffnauer tells Reuters that Alpine could seek millions in compensation at the High Court if Oscar Piastri refuses to race for them. So that's where we're at now, unless something has happened in the last few hours. <laughs> but that's where we're at now. Um, but what a mess. <laughs> Al- Sebastian Vettel has never ever driven for Alpine in any of its forms, right? But has absolutely mudded them. (laughs) Like, he has no connection to them, but has somehow managed to cause chaos. Because they have gone from having one of the best and most successful drivers on the grid, and one of the most promising up-and-comers, to having neither of them, and now only having Esteban Ocon. Who's on? Who got signed on a, like a four-year contract last year? Which I like Esteban, but four years, when reportedly they're only offering Fernando one for next year. But what a mess! And weirdly similar to the IndyCar drama. I can't believe it. Because it, it like it was Did one I- of the certainties in life, wasn't it, that Oscar Piastri was gonna end up in the Alpine seat? Yeah. But, like, Alpine kind of have themselves to blame. Because, like, Mm. Oscar probably didn't know about Fernando leaving. He was probably in the dark about that as well. And, like, Oscar, he should have been in a seat this season, really. Like, they've kept him, like, in their grasp with no real opportunity to race in F1. So obviously he's gone and sought out an alternative. Because um, mm. the thing was, the big rumours for like the whole first half of the season was that Oscar Piastri was going to be in that Williams seat until basically Fernando left. So I, th- I think it's obvious that Alpine's plan was to have Fernando on for another year and then drop him yeah. um, if Oscar was performing decently at Williams. Which seems corroborated by the fact that reportedly uh, Fernando is being offered a one-year contract. Which, why this man wants to stay in F1 until he's dead. I I think what Alpine have been naive, I think, and have assumed things. They have definitely Um, I think they've been naive. Yeah, I think they've been naive in assuming that Fernando Alonso would be happy on a one-year contract. And being reportedly offered less salary than Esteban Ocon. And I think they, they naively assumed that Oscar Piastri would wait to drive for them. Why would Oscar Piastri drive in a go to Williams and be stuck there one, maybe two, maybe three? Who knows how long Fernando Alonso would stay at Alpine when he could drive for McLaren? Who, whilst Alpine are slightly better than them at the moment, are there are thereabouts, best of the rest. I just think Alpine just, they've been caught. <laughs> caught red-handed. on the laurels. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Aston Ma- I, I mean, this is Lawrence Stroll's, like, ultimate um, revenge, isn't it? <laughs> I think he might have said to... He was like, he was like, Seb, if you're going to retire, can you do it at this point of the season? Put in a good word with Fernando. Just because I want to get... Because the thing was, like, Otmar kind of left Aston Martin high and dry. Like, remember them Fair being enough. like, we didn't know he was going to leave. And now Fernando Alonso's done that to Alpine. Ah, the drama. The thing is now, the drama doesn't just end with Alpine, because now reportedly Oscar Piastri's going to be at McLaren 2023. But of course, that means then that either Lando Norris or Daniel Ricciardo aren't going to be, and considering at the start of this season, Lando Norris signed a unknown length but very long multi-year contract and Daniel Ricciardo is averaging like one and a half points per race a season (laughs) you know you can see who's gonna leave which right lots of opinions going around about what's happening I don't know what's what's your I'll ask your perspective first because, I mean, I, I have a perspective. <laughs> okay. Um, it's obviously difficult because everyone loves Daniel. But at the end of the day, uh, his performances have just not been good enough. And it's easy for me to sit here and say that. But, like, F1 doesn't wait around for people and he's had ample time now to get get used to this McLaren car and I don't know he's just not he's just not doing what the team needs him to do um especially when you compare him to Lando yeah and I think it's a shame if he loses his seat at McLaren but honestly fair enough yeah that's right i think i think i do think that considering the fact that daniel kind of had to confirm yes i'm committed to the team till the end of 2023 earlier in the season i think how they've gone about it is really wrong and they've done daniel dirty that's the thing i think it's this it's sort of an awkward position right because this shouldn't have been happening in front of us this was all going to be behind closed doors so i think it makes it look worse than it is because of alpine announcing oscar and then oscar having to be like no and because because i see a lot of people saying like oh mercedes did it right by confirming valtteri's like waiting till valtteri had a confirmed seat first but like that's probably what mclaren were gonna do and they haven't even like announced oscar or anything like it's just happening in front of us I do think considering earlier in the year it is like not it's not nice to see but ultimately McLaren probably wouldn't have expected this to happen and it wouldn't surprise me if there was an expiration date on Alpine's option on Oscar because I think maybe that's why McLaren earlier in the season didn't maybe they didn't think they'd get Oscar Maybe I heard lots of stuff about a pre-agreement, so maybe Oscar was going to go there for 2024, but now he's able to go there for 2023. But at the end of the day, Daniel Ricciardo isn't performing, and you know, as much as people want to say he's uh, McLaren's latest winner, 
Lando Norris has never won a GP, all that. One win doesn't make up for however many bad performances. Like as I said, I worked it out. The the average for all of his race finishes, and this includes sprint race points, and I've taken out the DNF. His average points finish a season is one one and a half. It's just not acceptable. Which just isn't. You've got like a teammate that is consistently outscoring you, outqualifying you. And how much is Daniel Ricciardo getting paid? That's the thing, and because it, like it's not just about like people. I think we need to remember if McLaren lose lose to Alpine and the constructors, that is a lot of money, because you get money based on where you place in the constructors, and it's more if you place at top. So, if they had two Landos, then they would be, I think. a lot more comfortably fourth but they don't and right now they're trailing Alpine and so right and before anyone thinks that I don't like Daniel I've literally got two of his hoodies in my wardrobe like (laughs) I do like Daniel but we have to accept it's a business and I part of me thinks the problem is right with social media and all that people feel more a part of the team seeing the team as less of a like a business sports team all that and more like oh everyone's nice to each other and friendly and look how happy they are and but we need to remember like this isn't just about emotions this is business and getting fourth and fifth in the constructors could be the difference between like this whole era being a good one for McLaren and being a meh one it's shame and also he's gonna get they're gonna have to buy him out of his contract so he's gonna get a huge payout like let's not forget this guy's uh, like gonna get millions <laughs> like it's when you really think about it, it's hard to be that sympathetic <laughs> when you think how loaded they are and daniel is one of the higher paid drivers on the grid i think that's the thing for me i'm like they're spending so much on him for what like yeah. that's the thing and i i do think is this not a nice situation? Yeah, it's not nice. And yeah, I think it's been gone about somewhat poorly. But it's, you know. It's F1. <laughs> it's just the nature At of At least the sport he didn't get pulled out mid season. For real. For real. Like, that's it. And they've given him ample, they've given him time. And, you know. Probably more time than what a lot of teams would have given him. Yeah. No, I agree. If he was performing like that in the Red Bull... Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing. It's... um, Unfortunately, he he just doesn't click with the McLaren car. So, right. Move on to the next thing, which is... A, where does Daniel Ricciardo go? And B, who goes into the second Alpine seat? And I think as well who becomes the next Alpine reserve driver because now they've essentially got two roles to to fill. Um, and I don't know, I just, I, there's a quote from Oscar in an interview with El Confidencial 
where uh yeah otmar stated we have 14 drivers interested in our seat for 2023 and then went on to say it does not surprise me that so many have contacted us but of these 14 four will remain on the final list and among those is piastri he can't let go of, of oscar <laughs> you refuse and i mean if they are taking him to court then we'll see i imagine it'll probably end in a settlement because it's very expensive stuff but uh <laughs> I I know that Oscar Oscar? Otmar, they've got very similar names, I don't like it. Um, I know that Otmar also said that they'd be very happy to welcome Daniel back, but I also saw that that was it a CEO or someone wasn't. Well I mean I'm not sure but I won't blame them for not wanting him back after he kind you know, of oh. dropped them on it. <laughs> For McLaren. <laughs> well, that's a that's another thing. It's like, you know, Renault were saying they were going to build around Daniel. You know, they had invested in him, and then he dropped them for McLaren. So like, also Daniel leaving meant that Cyril left. So, you know what? I I have no sympathy for Daniel Ricciardo, because if he'd stayed in Renault, then Cyril would still be here. I just. But um, yeah. Daniel has made some questionable decisions in his career i don't know what his manager's I think, been right. doing like <sighs> i think him leaving red bull i think the thing is all of his decisions were good in hindsight but just haven't worked out because you know he was thinking that that renault move would be like lewis going to mercedes like yeah you're gonna you're gonna have the legacy you've brought this team up you've this is a team that's going to a championship car and you're going to be the hero and but instead it it wasn't it was decent you know but was it like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't race winning it, well, it was it was pretty though it was pretty but and it then he's gone to mclaren thinking that mclaren are building up and then he just hasn't gone well with the car and arguably had an even worse time than at Renault apart from the win yeah it's interesting to think about if Daniel had got that Ferrari seat instead of Carlos yeah how Daniel's performance would have been in the Ferrari and if it would have been just as poor and how Ferrari would have responded to that oh Ferrari Uh, I think McLaren, like if you think about how he would have been treated other teams like some of the top teams I think McLaren have been quite kind to him I really do think so but I was just thinking remember that rumour earlier on in the season about two drivers swapping Yeah. I just remembered about it last night do you remember that you do wonder if because they said one of them's unexpected Daniel's in a contract till 2023 if Daniel goes to Alpine that it's a funky little swap Esteban Dan Ricardo back together again Squirrel. um I don't know it's interesting but sorry I'm just kind of stalling a bit because the the time is going down for the zoom meeting the um, time but we will after after we will have a little discussion about who will get in the Alpine seat but I just don't want to I don't want to start that off yet because <laughs> it's going to get cut off anyway so I'm like just hanging around for a bit, just just trying. I just want to know talk. what. 
I just <laughs> want to know what like Daniel's thinking right now because on social media mm. he's he's putting up quite a positive front, like a an oblivious front to it all. Like, but I want to know. Well, allegedly he got told after the Hungarian GP that they were dropping him, essentially. But if you're Daniel, you kind of have to accept it. Like, surely you'd have seen it coming. I feel like anyway. I think, yeah. Like, at least, like, surely he would have been making contingency plans. Like, Aston Martin, allegedly, they were talking to Alonso before Seb retired, but it was because they thought, in case Seb retires, we need to figure something out. So, surely he's been talking to teams anyway. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if he, if he has, but... It makes sense. It's less than a minute. Oh, when when's it gonna finish? Wait, wait for the Zoom meeting to end. I I'll think some people ten. are cutting trees Nine. outside and they're making Eight. so much noise. Seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one. I could just cut it there and then. But I was just kidding. So it'll be five, four, three, two. I can't hear any. Oh. Oh, perfect, 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 perfect. Um, so what do you think, dear listener, of the the drama? Um, it's a complicated one. I wish we knew more of the behind the scenes stuff about it. Cause it is, I feel like a lot of people think about how McLaren have gone behind Daniel's back, but we don't actually know if they have. You know. It's um, you know, it it's easy to make assumptions about the situation, and I think you know we all do it, but you know we don't actually know what's gone on, so we'll have to see how it all works out really. But who would who would have seen it coming? Who would have seen it coming? Can't believe the IndyCar drama was already insane and then it's just kind of happened in in f1 wow how interesting i am refreshing my mailbox waiting for the invitation what if chloe just didn't invite me to another zoom meeting like this was just the end of the podcast except i'll be waiting for another five minutes just in case (laughs) (laughs) let's I wonder what I'm having for tea tonight I had lasagna yesterday so I'm not sure much can top it I love lasagna my mum makes a great lasagna especially the when you have it the next day when you microwave it oh great fabulous stuff this also is a heat wave again in the UK, not as bad as last time, but does mean it is ice cream weather, which is great. Like, as much as I love winter, to be fair, I say that, I still eat ice cream in the winter. I'm just a big ice cream, ice cream fan in, in general. Um, still, wait, oh god, email from the lottery. Apparently there's a thirty-three million pound euro millions jackpot tonight. Wouldn't that be good? Be able to buy a better microphone and a house. 
And maybe I'll be able to get a general admission ticket for Miami. <laughs> and we are back. Okay. Gosh, sorry, the emails weren't coming through. <laughs> but we're back now. So, Alpine seat. We've got Otmar saying they've got a, a sort of a final list of four. I'm not sure whether he's saying that that includes Oscar or Oscar is also on the list, but like plus four. But I think we can assume that Daniel Ricciardo will be there on that list. Yeah. The only thing with Daniel Ricciardo, he's probably their most expensive option. Yeah. If I think Dan- Daniel just needs to get his priorities sorted what matters more to him money mm. or racing in formula one yeah because it like there's so many talented juniors out there that will be wanting a lot less he's not in a position where he can afford to be greedy which yeah that's the thing it's not like red bull where he's won you know what seven races yeah Yeah. (laughs) seven time grand prix spinner Spinner. Uh, (laughs) when he's won he's won seven races however many podiums and is moving because it's obvious the team are prioritizing the other driver but not he's not leaving because he's had a poor run of form and it's not like Renault where you can see that he's still got it but the car just isn't fast enough. He's now been pushed out of a team because he's not been performing. Like, he's in a very different circumstance. Like, both of the times, it's been on his own terms. Yeah. Now it's not. Now the te- the teams that he's going to have the power because if he, like, that's a th- it, more so than they did before anyway. But yeah, so I think Daniel Ricciardo will be... They'll be looking for the Alpine seat. But it's just, who else would they be looking at potentially grabbing? I think it's interesting. A lot of stuff about Mick Schumacher recently. His seat isn't... Like, he isn't confirmed for 2023. Has have said, like, we won't be deciding anything till after like for certain till after some break we need to talk with Ferrari Mattia Bonotto said that Mick Schumacher hasn't particularly been impressing them um so I think Mick Schumacher is probably looking at other teams I he was one of the ones that people thought was going to Aston Martin that could have been it maybe he was hedging his bets for Aston Martin maybe they said that he was in with a shot but who would deny Fernando Alonso <laughs> so interesting uh, could we see Mick at Alpine potentially? Because if Ferrari are saying that he's that he's not meeting their expectations, why stay with yeah. them? You know. I think if you can get if you can get in a seat that is better than the one you're in now, not as good as a Ferrari, but he's not getting in Ferrari because Charles and Carlos, unless one of them decides to move out, I think Ferrari have a have a good very good lineup. Like, who would you pick over Charles and Carlos? Like, there's... 
not that many people on the grid besides maybe Lewis, Max, Fernando. But I don't think Ferrari I don't think Ferrari and Fernando is happening again. Um and Lewis isn't moving out of Mercedes powered teams and Max is on a stupid long contract with Red Bull. So like they have a very very solid pairing that isn't going anywhere I don't think. As I said unless they unless they decide to move out which I don't know uh, Charles to Mercedes um <laughs> I'm kind of pushing it, I feel like. I feel like it's a possibility. So, if I was Mick Schumacher, I would be contemplating maybe going for that Alpine seat. Like, saying to them, hey, I'm here. I was going to say it wouldn't be an ideal situation for Alpine to probably get Mick at this stage of his career. Because obviously, Mick is proving to be a little bit of a liability. But this whole situation for Alpine is not ideal, so... That's it. But the thing with Mick, it makes such a weird sort of... Because he's not, he's not bad. He's not a bad driver. But it's like, when he does make a mistake, they're big and costly mistakes. <laughs> he's expensive in terms of damages. You know, he's had what? at least two major crashes this season that being Saudi and Monaco and has he performed well enough to make up for that I don't I don't know I don't know because I don't know what has expects at this point but yeah I wouldn't be surprised if he was going for the Alpine seat the other drivers that are currently on the grid that aren't confirmed for next year are Joe Guanyu Yuki Tsunoda and Nicholas Latifi obviously Alex Albon in this past week has been confirmed for Williams next year I don't see any of them going to Alpine no Just I, th- I think Joe Guanyu is going to be with Alpha again I don't see why they wouldn't sign him again they seem happy with him, he seems happy with them obviously he's bringing in a lot of money as well and I think at the moment with how with what Alpha's goals seem to be, I think they're in a happy place. Yuki Sonoda, I think Yuki Sonoda is going to be hopefully be confirmed for Alphatari. I saw rumors otherwise, but I've also seen Helmut Marco saying that you know they're very happy with Yuki at the moment. So I don't see Alphatari the lineup changing. No. I think the car this year is just not ideal, and Yuki in comparison to Pierre Yuki's doing a very solid job so don't see why they get rid of Yuki unless they were desperate to get Liam Lawson or I don't think Dennis Hauger or Aima Wasser are going to be out of F2 this year obviously Yuri Vips isn't associated with the junior team anymore even if he is Red Bull I don't think they're going to be wanting to put him in their F1 cars so yeah I just don't I don't see Yuki going unless one of these Red Bull juniors can win the F2 championship and right now no one's really looking like they're in for it unless they start winning back to back after the summer break. Nicholas Satifi He's not he's not going to Alpine. <laughs> Imagine um, that. Is he staying in Williams? That the scenes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Everyone thinks Alpine's announcing Daniel Ricciardo, but they're actually announcing King Latifi. That would be like the most Nicholas Latifi thing ever. That would be I love that guy. so King Latifi moment. I don't know. I still have some hope that I'll get re-signed for Williams. Like, part of me is like, Williams just aren't going to find better. <laughs> they're really... Williams are really, really pushing Logan Sargent on their socials and making a big fat deal about Logan. But I think it's because, like, when, when, if and when Logan makes his way into F1, he'll be the first American driver in a while. And, you know, I think so anyway can't think of any recent American drivers and you know obviously F1 loves the Americans um, not that I'm criticising Americans by the way that's just I, I think sometimes F1 and other sports in general can be a bit obsessed with tapping into the American market when they, they don't need to focus so much on the Americans as they do just focusing on making the sport better I'm like People, people get into like you just need something like Drive to Survive, which gives people a gateway, and just make the sport better, improve the sport. Then you don't need to. Obviously, Logan Sargent coming in, he's a talented lad. Uh, as much as some of the views he's hold, he holds, I don't agree with, and I would rather have a nice boy like Nicholas Latifi in there. I can see why they would be pushing him. What's the team with Logan Sargent, or is it not appropriate for the podcast? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's a Trumpy guy. A Trumpy guy. That's what they're all called now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a Trump supporter. Give me a sec. I am making sure. Someone on Twitter have said about how his family has been quite controversial and made some questionable decisions. Right, okay. There's a lot of people saying he's a Trump supporter. Uh, I can't find evidence that he supports Trump. But so many people say that. There's just, like, not much out there available on Logan Sargent. He's been... Yeah. He's a pretty anonymous figure. Um, yeah... So I, I I am iffy. I am iffy about him. I think it's just another very rich family kind of situation. To be fair, he's doing well enough too and it is his rookie year. So in terms of like talent, he's he is he is decent, he is he is alright, but um yeah, I'm just a bit iffy because there is that controversy controversy and um I just can't find proper evidence, so I don't want to sit here and say that he's a, you know, super right-wing Trumpy, Trumpy guy. But um, I also don't want to sit here and say he's not when so much of a consensus is that he, he is, so just bear that in mind <laughs> <laughs> with Logan Sargent. Um, I mean, William C., I think Nick DeFries is always an option, but I just, I just, I have I feel like free, time's I think, running out. Like I, f- I feel like it's run out. Honestly, if I'm Williams, do you not want to try and like build up? Oh, because it's not like Nick Freeze is gonna go to Williams and go to Mercedes, right? If I'm Williams, I'm talking. I mean, there was all the rumors about them taking the Renault engine, but I'm talking to other teams and 
trying to make sort of deals and be like all right if you help us in this way we'll help prepare one of your junior drivers that's what i'd be doing if i was williams but i think those are the two sort of big seats of who's going to be in them alpine and williams love to see it'd be nice to see someone from f2 come up i always bring him up but felipe drogovic um you know not affiliated with the team so it'd be nice to see him somewhere obviously teo porcher to be fair the alpha seat i say about joe guanyu teo porcher is doing well in this season in f2 so he's always possibility so we'll have we'll have to see it's all hotting up isn't it I can't predict anything. No, I'm not. I'm not going to even properly I'm not try even anymore. Try. <laughs> I will offer potentialities. I don't think that's a word, but uh, but I will not predict. So, a little bit of time left. Let's let's have a a quick go at what we're planning on doing for this whole podcast. <laughs> we're just reviewing the season so far. What are your three favorite races this season? Not in order, just top three. Uh, number one, Silverstone. Yeah, I I would agree with that one. That's it's a is a and I don't even think it's a matter of us being biased. I think it ge- genuinely was like <laughs> a very good race. I'm gonna draw a line under that <laughs> big wall. <laughs> big. Wall. I think. I mean, the other the other races that were decent, um, Bahrain. This season, it's all just, it's all just like That's merging it. into one. It's just, it's just. Bahrain was Bahrain was good, but I think it's because it was the start of the season. It's like, oh, what, like everything's a bit different. Oh, Has did well, McLaren didn't, Ferrari did well, you know, and Red Bull's engines blew up, which this isn't me against Red Bull, but in the sense that a bit of unreliability, a little bit of unreliability can help spice up a season i don't mean every other race ferrari looking at you um barring i think saudi was good but the circumstances around saudi make it like just really put a damper on the race for me the fact that it probably shouldn't have even been raced uh monaco surprisingly was pretty good I don't know if that's just because we expected Monaco to be not good <laughs> and Sergio Perez won. So, uh, and Spain was all right. I mean, I, di- I, I didn't have the best of time in terms of watching it, but the actual race itself, I mean, Lewis Hamilton going from the back of the pack to near the front, I mean, that's always a fun, a fun time. I don't know. Do you have any other... <laughs> Oh man, disappointed in Baku. Yeah, Still. very disappointed. Did I watch Baku? My mind has just—I don't, I don't think I—I don't think I don't. I think I missed Baku this year. Good. <laughs> I loved. You might I have. Loved, it might have been solo podcast. I loved the start of the season when Ferrari looked like they looked so good. Yeah. And like those fighting. So remember, Bahrain, Max and Charles were fighting. Saudi, Max and Charles were fighting. It the only reason they weren't well. fighting in Australia. Actually, no, Charles was pretty dominant in Australia, but. And I don't know. It's just. It's become a little bit 
predictable near the there's end just, of there's the no second. fighting no i'm hoping that the second half of the season is going to be an improvement on the first half in terms of the battles up front with the is it the new f- the new and uh, that's it i think it's just the floor eggs we're all hoping on the new floor egg just to um bring everyone bring the red bulls and ferraris a bit further back so at least the mercedes can properly get in there and properly fight for a win i mean in hungary they were they were you know pretty in there so i don't know hopefully at spa there'll be a big fight and hopefully it won't rain and then they'll do I mean, they can't do two laps behind a safety car now and get half points because they changed the rules. But yeah, hopefully that'll be more interesting. I just, the second half of the season, I'm just, I need it to be interesting. (laughs) Because this season so far, like, it's just like, because every race you have hope that it's going to be a good race because it has the potential. Like, it's not even that you assume Red Bull's going to dominate, it's Okay, Ferrari might actually, you know, do it. Because if they have decent strategy, their engine stays together, and they don't crash, then Ferrari are in it. And they don't have a bag attached to the car. But right now they just, you know, every race, they get one thing right, but the other thing wrong. And it's just, ugh. But, you know... We can, we can have hopes. We can have hopes. Also, I know there's a few more weeks before the racing starts again, so there's time for this silly season news to cool, cool off a bit. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see the possible tensions between Fernando and Alpine and Daniel and McLaren, especially at Alpine, whether they're going to just treat... <laughs> Alonso differently now give Esteban priority. Oh, I priority. think he's going to be. Yeah, I think second driver Alonso. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's reflected in the race in itself, so we're going to see more. What's the what driver orders? I was going to say driver orders. Team orders. Team orders. <laughs> you know what? I'm ho- I'm hoping we get petty Alonso because like Fernando and Esteban were fighting on track anyway. But I want I want Fernando to be pe- I want them to be like you've got to let Esteban through and him to go no and or them to be like okay box this up and him to go no actually I think it'd be better to box in two laps and then just not because like I don't know I just want him to be really petty like I know that he can <laughs> we all know that he can oh yeah I'm hoping that adds to the drama of the second half of the season please please I'm begging, begging. at this point <laughs> please. Um. Anyway, I think that's about it for this one. It's been a bit more chilled because it is the summer break. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a, a chill one. Looking at the drama, thinking about the drama, a gossiping about the drama. But yeah, first week of summer break. It's gone by. It's been mo- probably more interesting than a week of actual racing. So, <laughs> also proud of us for actually recording over the summer break and not just taking the time <laughs> off <laughs> the grind goes on no no i say no breaks we we do have breaks <laughs> we've had them before but yeah i think that's it for for this episode cool 
So that's it for this episode of The Rookies. Yep. <laughs> what are we talking about next week? Um, so this is sort of weird for us right now because this is the first episode of Summer Break. But then tomorrow we're going to record the third episode of Summer Break. So next week for you guys will be the Kimi Raikkonen episode. Very exciting. And that will be mostly just me. Maybe I'll see if I can get someone on it for a little bit just to talk about being a fan of Kimi. But yeah, Chloe's going to be on a Holly Bob's. So it'll be just me, but be a uh, retrospective on his career. And we'll also be looking at the 2005 Japanese Grand Prix, the glorious race that it was one of Kimmy's best. It's going to be a blast. I recommend watching it before we, um, before the episode, just to, so we can all be involved. Archive.org, you can find it there. But yeah, it's going to be a blast. And maybe Chloe will listen to it. <laughs> Sounds exciting. I will. <laughs> be one of our listeners Anything for the week. Anything the analytics. <laughs> <laughs> Get get the, get get another American listener. Listen to it in America. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you want to keep up to date with the podcast, then make sure to follow us on our socials at the Rookies F One Podcast on Instagram and at the Rookies F One on Twitter and YouTube. And make sure to tune in next week and have a simply. Lovely, lovely day. day. <laughs> All right, I'll see you next week, or I'll hear you next week. Um, well, I won't hear you. You'll hear me, but you get the idea. Bye. <laughs>